I'm matchmaker Maria, the founder of Agape Match. For over a decade, I've combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, I answer your dating and relationship questions and interview experts to give you the tools to find or keep the love of your life. This is Ask a Matchmaker. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. This is a hotline episode and it's a solo episode. I'll be answering your questions, just like the old hotline episodes. Remember back when, like in season two, I used to do hotlines by myself. And then in season three, I've had people join me. So today is again, it's a throwback to season two, hotline episode just with me. And I am ready to answer your questions. But before I do, let's talk about some of the questions that I keep finding myself receiving on Instagram during Aftermath Maker Wednesdays. Lately, I've been getting a lot more questions about people living with their parents. And I think that as someone who does live with their parents, and I get it, I lived alone for 15 years and I moved back to help care for my mom. But the way the economy is right now, the way housing is, the way inflation is, the way the the whole market is, it's really hard for people to find housing right now. And I feel like there is this like balance of privilege where there are certain people who maybe they purchased either before the pandemic or the first year of the pandemic, or maybe they got a really good deal renting at some point and they might not be aware how bad inventory is and also how bad the rental market is to live in a place that you can afford. I mean, the worst thing to be in my eyes is like house poor, you know, like throwing all of your income into a mortgage or rent where then you're forced to not have a life. So one of the things, uh, one of the things that I've been seeing in the last few months is more and more questions about people feeling insecure in dating because of circumstances they live with their parents. Now, some of those people are in my predicament where they've had to move back to help care for our parents. And for that subset of people, I just want to say that I think it speaks to your values that you have been called on to take care of your parents. And I think the more boomers that generation starts to get older, we will see more and more people have to take in their parents if they have kind of relationship. I'm sure many of them are going to be sent off to a nursing home. And of course, let me just say really quick, I don't know if some of you know how much nursing homes cost. They cost a lot of money. So, you know, like it or not, uh, having to care for a parent could be in your future. And I implore you, uh, if you are dating, to have those conversations with people that you date. For instance, what happens when a parent gets sick? Let me tell you what would happen if my parent got sick. Having those conversations uh, and thinking about how you would answer it, so it's not like a reactionary question, but thinking about how you would answer it, because that could very well happen to you. Uh, it's just really helpful in navigating the kind of person you should be dating, which is someone who hopefully shares in the same values that you do uh, in this. All right, so that's the first part is people that get called on who have to help care for a parent and that group is only going to get bigger. The other group are people who 
maybe they lost their jobs in the beginning of the pandemic or um, have been priced out of where they live based on their salary, like just a lot of economic factors. And the market just, it's at a really weird place. Like I, my husband and I, um, we've been trying to buy a home for the last three years. And I, I get it. I know that I have insanely different needs because I do care for a parent that's in a wheelchair. Well, I can't just like throw my parents down a basement, um, nor do I want to do that. Even if they, my mom was not in a wheelchair, I don't think I'd have them in the basement. I feel like they were way too hard to be living in a place with a sump pump. But that's just my opinion on that. Um, but that said, that the inventory is just so low. The interest rates are so high. The rental market is on fire. It is really hard to move out of your parents. And I was actually at a barbecue recently with a group of friends and their children are in their 20s. And, you know, one of them, even though he has a long girlfriend, they have been living at their parents' house through college. And, you know, one of that was just like save money, not have to pay for, um, for boarding. But also he graduated into this market. And as much as he's working and as much as he wants to move out, it just right at this moment doesn't make sense. It's just like, well, let me save a little more. And then hopefully I can put a down payment on a home because that might be cheaper than the rent in this geographic region. So anyway, I've now kind of explained the two groups of people living at home, right? And I just want to say that the kind, I can understand the insecurity. And I've been there. I remember um, back when I was in my 20s, the building I lived in um, was purchased by some developer and everyone got evicted. Uh, So we had like 60 days to get get a sleep. I happened to be in Greece uh, when that happened. I hired a professional organizer to come pack my home while I wasn't there uh, so I could move out. What an insane summer of 2011 that was. And um, I remember because I had not had housing secured, I went and moved in with my parents and I was in my mid-20s and that was a deep insecurity. I remember dating, thinking like, what are people going to think with the fact that I'm currently living with my parents until I find you know, my next apartment? And I believe I lived with them for four months and dating was really tough. And it, is, it comes to a place of insecurity. However, I started to quickly realize that some people are understanding of circumstances and some people are not. And I would implore you, if you are experiencing this part of living with your parents, to lean in to people that are much more understanding of the circumstances you might be in. If someone is making you feel bad, um, think about why they're making you feel bad. Now, I, I will tell you, like, if you are not doing your own laundry and if you're not contributing to cooking or helping your parents with uh, bills, like, you know, even just the cable, people even have cable anymore, like, you know, all the Netflix and HBO Max, excuse me, Max and Hulu accounts and Disney, like, you should be paying for that, right? Not your parents. Uh, health, pay for their phone bill too. Pay their cell phone bill. They don't need that. Um, so if you're doing that, as long as you're, you know, contributing with the chores around the house, contributing to some bills and doing your own laundry, cooking sometimes, I think it's okay. And it can like, you know, you can really rest up on your insecurities. And if you're the person who might be dating someone who lives at home, 
ask questions to understand, you know, why are they there? And come to it from a place of non-judgment. You can ask questions like, what does it look like living at home? And hear what they're saying. If they're saying that they're contributing and helping out their parents, that, that's a green flag. That's, that's exactly what you want. Um, but if you're hearing someone that's like, oh, my mom, you know, wakes me up every morning. My mom wears my underwear. Um, I don't know. That's, uh, you know, grown adults should be taking care of their own things uh, in my eyes. And you shouldn't be stressing out your parents uh, with extra, even if they really want to. Um, another thing, though, you could be asking people who might live at home is like, what is the plan? What are your two-year goals? Uh, and hopefully they'll tell you, like, you know, I'm trying to save for, you know, 5% or 20% down payment on a house. Uh, or they might say stuff like, I'm hoping for my next promotion to, you know, meet my the goals that I want so that I can find a really great place. Or they might even say, I don't, I, I'm, I'm currently taking care of my parents. Uh, I know it sounds like I'm a package deal and I might be, and we can discuss what that looks like and what you feel comfortable when the time comes. So at the end of the day, what I'm saying is that I get your insecurity. I get other people who might be suspicious. We've all been there. Conversate, conversate, talk about it. Talk about the pros, talk about the cons. I can tell you plenty of cons living with my adult parents when you're caring for a parent. I remember the first one, uh, my husband and I, we had that conversation where it's like, hey, my mom is getting really sick. I think I think we need to move back so I can help my dad because my dad just could not do it. My dad, was, you know, he just could not be a 100% caretaker. He needs help. And maybe it's because I come from a culture where, you know, the eldest daughter tends to take care of the parents. And, you know, it's funny because even on my husband's side, his sister is expected to take care of her parents and she lives next to them. Um for that reason, right? Uh, he like completely understood. It was just like, yeah, of course, let's let's figure it out. Let's make it work. And and I remember what it looked like the first four months, like setting boundaries. I think my I feel like my parents have pretty avoidant attachment styles, and I'm a really secure person. And just trying to drive them out of their avoidance was like really tough. I've had to learn to accept uh, that I cannot change them; that they are who they are. Um, and uh, you know, to take things in stride, sometimes it's taking things day by day, sometimes it's taking week by week, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I feel like, and I can only speak for my parents, everyone has different parents, obviously, but like, I think my parents are doing the best they can, especially at the age that they are. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of patience. I will say that now that we've entered, let's see, we moved here in September of 2019 thinking that we would buy a house uh, to help them have them move in with us in that house, you know, like a little in-law apartment uh, in early 2020. And then the pandemic happened, like the housing market. So, hey, if anyone here has a parent who is selling a colonial home with a one bedroom on the ground floor in central Jersey, I need you to like talk to me. Anyway, uh, so that said, um, it took us about four months to just, figure things out. And then since then, it's been 99% smooth sailing. You know, you just kind of, you know, you just kind of establish boundaries and you learn how to work with each other's personalities. Um, but it is tough. It is tough. I, I, you know, if anyone told you it's not tough, they're lying. But yeah, I wanted to talk about that. Uh, give a little monologue here about living with parents because I just keep getting this question and it's not the end of the world. If you do you just have to find the people who come from a background that that is 
admired and that, and, you know, it be it to help your parents or even like just for financial security, um, that they, they have, they share in those values or they appreciate that you're doing that. Um, yeah. Well, I would love to take your questions for today's hotline. So let's take our first question. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker hotline. How can I help you? Hello there. Um, I actually sent you a, a DM on Instagram today, and that's how I found myself here. So thank you. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Um, so basically, I just started dating again after a almost six-year relationship, um, and I met a guy IRL. Um, we hit it off, had a great conversation. He, um, he, I met him on a Friday. He texted me on Saturday to ask me out for Sunday. I could not go because I was in a relationship then. Um, and we've been texting now for like a month. Um, he asked me out again on a day that I just had a conflict and could not go. So last weekend we were talking and um, we were like, oh yeah, we have to get together in real life. Like we finally can. Um, and we chose Saturday, but we didn't choose a time or activity. And now it's Thursday and we okay. like chatted once this week. And I'm wondering if like I can text and be like, Hey, looking forward to Saturday. Um, what time should we meet up and what should we do? Or if I like wait stop, for him to do stop it. Stop asking questions. Stop. Just, just be definitive. Let me ask you a question. What do you want to do? What do you want to do on Saturday? What is your heart desiring? Um, we were going to do like a putt-putt golf thing the first time. So I was thinking that we could just do that maybe in the evening. Okay. All right. Great. So, so that's what you're, so do you have your phone ready? Are you ready to start texting? Oh my goodness. Okay. Yes. <laughs> hey, period. So excited for Saturday, period. Hey, so excited for Saturday. <laughs> I'm going to have you double text. Uh, this is a trick I learned today. Uh, and it totally worked on someone. So send that first and then I'm going to help you write this before you do it though. Just give me a second. Okay. Okay. The second, so the second message after that you're going to write is, um, let's meet at what's the place called, you know, what the place is called, putt, putt, whatever. Yeah. At, at 7 PM. Cool. Question mark. So send that first one that I told you. Hey, what did I say? Hey, so excited, so excited for that. Saturday. Period. Okay. Send that now. Ah! <laughs> and then that, quite quickly, second message. Let's meet at XYZ. Okay. Yeah. Cool question mark. Okay. Send it. Tell me about. Okay. Okay. But tell me about this trick. (laughs) Hold on. I'll tell you after, but you have to send it before he responds back. Okay. All right. Send. Okay, good. So the reason why you would double text this way is because when people get one, I learned this today and like the way it worked drove me crazy. Like I was like, how did I not figure, how did I not know about this? Like, so if you send a really long text message, sometimes people like will look at an other watch or they'll like kind of like glance at it and be like, I'll respond to this later. Like it's harder. Notice like whenever your friend sends like a long message, you're like, kind of like, okay, I'll look at this later. You kind of like glaze over a little bit. But if you send it in like multiple bubbles, like, you know, two messages and they're short, people will read it and just kind of like, okay, cool. Like, and they'll respond quicker to it. Okay. This is interesting. I guess, um, my, my like underlying question for this is like, should I read anything into the fact that like he didn't plan it? No. Okay. 
I'm going to pretend that he didn't do that. Like I know in a world there's like, well, if he didn't do it, he didn't, but like you guys already spoke this week and you planned for Saturday and I know you want him to do it, but he didn't. So let's just, let's just take a little bit more agency and, and control our own narrative. And I think it's really sexy that you just did that. And there's only two, there's only two scenarios, right. For him to cancel and be yeah. like, I actually can't do Saturday. Great. You're not going to see him again, or he's going to respond hopefully in the next two minutes. Uh, so excited. Sounds great. Um, okay, cool. Thanks. You're going to tell me <laughs> if he responds before the end of this message, before the end of this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Stay on the line. Thank you. You're welcome. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker Hotline. How can I help you? Hi, I've, uh, first of all, thank you for doing this. I've taken probably about six months off of the apps. And one of the reasons I stopped the apps is because apparently turning 46 dropped me off of every radar. So I went from like a couple of reasonable matches a month. I mean, clearly they weren't perfect matches because still single, but like reasonable things to dead. Like I wasn't even on them. Yeah. With the same profile I'd had a week earlier. Right. So I'm kind of trying to motivate myself to get engaged again when I'm just pretty convinced it's going to be the same lack of options considering uh, I made the mistake of getting uh, now six months older. (laughs) How dare you? Uh, Let me ask you a question. What app are you on? Uh, So I had have... was on Bumble, tried Hinge. I've had zero luck on Hinge in my life. Um, mm-hmm. Did reasonably well on Bumble. I haven't okay. been on OkCupid or Match in probably a decade. So my immediate reaction to what you're saying is to get on Match.com because that does cater to like your generation. So people over 40, um, they are using match.com in really high numbers because it's the original. It's like what you what you know, and it's like very much the pay to play model. Um, I understand why you're experiencing what you're experiencing, because the truth is, I think a lot of men are using like round numbers to do their filtering. So they're saying like 35 to 45, even if they're like 52. Yeah. So that the first thing I would tell you is that like try using match.com and OkCupid instead of Hinge and Bubble for the next three months and see if, if there's a difference. That's the first thing. The second thing I would say is lean into going to out and about stuff versus online. I know I've said this in the past on other episodes, but I, I, I maintain this advice anytime I hear it from people who want to re-engage in dating. I need you to re-engage within your network of going out or establishing a new network to go out. And the best way to do that is to block out two nights a week for the next 90 days. And those are going to be your social days. So after you, let's say you block out Tuesday and Thursday for the next three weeks, right? I want you to go to Eventbrite. I want you to go to meetup.com. I want you to go to Toastmasters. I want you to go to any website that includes like community events or some sort of activity. And I want you to filter by the social days that you've blocked out. So like on Eventbrite, you can look at all the events that happen on Tuesdays or meet up all the events that happen on Tuesdays. And you don't have to go to like a singles event, but I need you to find ticketed events of things happening that you can go to because the best way to meet people is also to meet people through friends. And the best way to make friends is to actually go out and put yourself out there to meet new friends. 
because clearly your current friendship circle is not helping you. I mean, I'm making assumptions right now, right? You mean but, my selection of married couples who hang out with the, uh, their, their Venn diagram is a perfect circle. I have two separate dare, groups of that. How dare them as well, right? So I'm and I am the you, seventh wheel in both groups. It's that, fabulous. That sucks. I'm telling you, you need to, you really need to lean into making new friends. Like you need new friends. You don't need a boyfriend right now. You need new friends that to like increase that circle. I'll give you a really great example, by the way. Um, one of my, my husband uh, is friends with a single guy. Well, well, he was a single guy. My friend, my husband was friends with a single guy. And I'm, I'm, I have obviously a lot of single girlfriends, uh, nature of the job. You know, my husband, we, inf- we happen to invite them both over Easter, right? Cause that's like a social event in our house. And so we, I invited her, he has kids. My husband invited him, he has kids. And of course we started meddling because that's what we do best, right? A bunch of Greek people on Easter. So I asked her like, do you think he's cute? Like, yeah. And then um, I didn't even ask my husband to ask him. I just talked to him. I was like, do you think my friend is cute? And he's like, yeah. And then I started telling him a little bit of her story. I told her a little bit of his story. And then um, I asked her that night, I was like, can I give your number to him? And she was like, yes. Great. Uh, So then, um, so I did. So, uh, and then he asked her out and they've been dating for two months tomorrow. So, um, and, you know, I think they've met each other's parents and I think that's really exciting. And um, it's really, we've had a double date already. Um, and I just find that it's interesting to watch that flourish, but it would have never flourished had they not had new friends to start introducing to other single people. And so again, I go back to like your social circle has to start including, even if they're married, just new people, new friends so that they can invite you to things, do fun things where you can meet new people. I hope that helps. Yeah, I've been trying some of that. Uh, yeah, but sadly, most of them don't. As I said, like their circles are completely overlapping. Um, but I've done some of it, including going to things that are technically like work networking events, but not necessarily directly aligned to my industry. Okay, that's so good. Just right, people uh, like tangentially related. I didn't like crash a medical convention or anything. Um, that would have been fun. <laughs> Uh, so I had a reason to be there, but, uh, I've even uh, kind of taken a page out of how you met George and started asking my single friends, like, yeah, I know you live in Florida, but, uh, if you know anyone that you think I'd like to hang out with, let me know. I love that. Keep doing that. Um, I think you have like three good options right now to work with and it's summer. So it's a lot of fun. I need you to, I need you to reach out to everyone right now, at least five people tonight and be like, if you have a barbecue, you have to invite me. Okay. Can do. Yeah. Especially for 4th of July, like make that weekend, like barbecue weekend, go to three different things. Like one on this year, 4th of July is on a Tuesday. So I know there's listeners right now who are just like, they just realized they have a four day weekend and uh, hello and welcome to, that's how I felt exactly yesterday. I was like, oh my gosh, 4th of July is a four day weekend. Um, anyway, so yeah, I would totally, um, I would totally reach out to five people that I haven't spoken to in the last six months and be like, Hey, if you're doing anything for the July weekend, can you invite me? All right. I will give that a try. 
I'm literally trying to think of who that would even be, but I <laughs> go down your phone, random people start messaging. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. You're welcome. Welcome to the Ask the Matchmaker Hotline. How can I help you? Hi, thank you so much, Maria. Um, I have been dating a really awesome guy for a year and followed a lot of your advice, including attempting the 12 date rule and only getting to like date six, but still really good. Um, and it's, it's our one year anniversary, uh, tonight. Um, but I have a kid and so like schedules are what they are. And I'm finding like, I, I normally think of myself as being like really securely attached, but there are certain things about like, I'm realizing I had expectations around like more demonstrations of like the actual day, even though we have weekend plans and stuff like that. And I'm trying, I, I know you give pep talks about how to communicate better what those things are. And I, I guess I just like, didn't even realize what my expectations were until it's like coming up for me now. So I'm hoping you can talk me through how to communicate this without, I don't know. First of all, congratulations. That's awesome. I'm really happy for both of you. Thanks. You said it's this Friday. Is it tomorrow? You said when is your anniversary? Today is the anniversary oh, of our it's first today? date. Yes. But okay, I have we- my, my kid is with me during this part of the week. So we made like a bunch of weekend plans. And oh. then like today it's been like a text message and like a really quick phone call. And then I'm like, oh man, I feel sad. Okay. So do you want a pep talk? Yes. <laughs> I don't want you to feel sad. I know you wanted the grand gesture of something today. I understand that, but I feel like the grand gesture, if you already made plans for this weekend, I feel like that grand gesture is happening this weekend. May I ask you a question? Has he been married before? No. Um, does he have children? No, he's been in okay. a few, like he's had like two living girlfriends in the past, but, um, mm-hmm never married or anything did you guys kiss on your first date no we kissed on our second date okay so let me ask you additional questions what are your plans for this weekend what are you doing for um for your anniversary um we are going to a show tomorrow night and I planned that and then on Saturday we're we're playing Dungeons and Dragons with uh, some friends. We've been doing that and that's been really fun. And then on Sunday, we're going to the beer garden where we had our second date and we're going to play games. And then some other friends are going to meet us there later. Kate, this sounds like a really (laughs) lovely weekend. Like, are you both like quality time people or something? Um, Yeah, I think. Okay. so. So you're already like leaning into your love language of quality time. And so is he. Yeah. Is gifts a, a, a anything to either of you other than today? No. Okay. For me, I think like maybe words of affirmation or maybe that's what I'm seeking more. Mm-hmm. Do you love him? Yeah. Has he expressed that he loves you? Yes. So what more did you want for him, him today? Be honest. are you crying a little bit yeah like I mean I wanted him to be like at my door you know to give me a hug or something has he met your kid say that yeah he has yeah okay (laughs) 
but you didn't tell him you wanted that, right? I, d- I did not tell him that. This is a situation where you're both right. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think on your end, how you feel is insanely valid. You really wanted a hug. You really wanted that like physical acknowledgement. And I think on his end, he's like, wow, we're spending Friday show, Saturday, this Sunday beer garden with friends. Like, like you have this whole beautiful weekend planned and you might Mm -hmm. be saving. I don't know the man. I'm sure he's a lovely person. I'm assuming this is what's happening. Yeah, I think so. And I, the one thing I don't want you to do is like pick a fight over this, right? Like, I don't want you to be upset with him when he didn't know. But what I will tell you is that for next year's anniversary, you should tell him what you want on the day of. So that right. um, next June 15th of 2024, you know, which I think falls on a Friday or no, that's a leap year. <laughs> it's going to be on a Saturday. Um, you know, I want flowers. I want jewelry. I want you to come over and make out with me and then you can go work. Well, it'll be a Saturday. So you'll plan the whole day together. Um, but do you get what I mean? Yeah. I know this isn't making you feel better because I'm telling you that how you feel is valid. What I'm saying is that maybe give him this weekend. Yeah, no, I, I think so. I think I'm more just like mad at myself for not realizing this would matter to me until now. Don't be mad at Um, yourself. Oh, don't be mad at yourself. Like, you know, I, I get it. I totally get it but you don't have to be mad at yourself. How you feel is a thousand percent valid. Right. It's just, you're both, you're both right. That's the issue. Right. Thank you, Maria. This does help. (laughs) I'm, I'm sorry. You're having a terrible moment on what is a commemoration of probably a very beautiful day. Um, Mm -hmm. but it sounds like you've got uh, 72 hours of a lot of fun happening and I'm really happy for you. Thank you. I'm happy too. Awesome. Okay. Uh, someone wrote in a question, so let me help them here. So ask a matchmaker, write in question, 38 female in Florida, 40 male in New York city and Kansas city connected 11 years ago, never met because I was moving reconnected once and kept chatting back in 2015 reconnected again recently. Okay. Uh, and I, and met in New York city. Now he's coming to see me for a dinner in Florida. And he asked, is it a date? Wait, no, maybe she asked, is it a date? If not, I'll come, hold on. She wrote, and met in New York City. Now he's coming to see me in dinner in Florida. Asked, is it a date? If not, I'll come from work. If yes, I do want to get dolled up. So, okay, so she asked that. Either way, it'll be fun to meet up your call. So that's what she texted him. His response, why do we have to put a pet on it? Just come however you want. I said, ah, I find men who are decisive and upfront about their intentions very attractive. And then the question is, is he a time thief? Well, I don't understand what you're asking from him. It seems like you've had an 11 year relationship on and off with this person. Um, and you are suddenly telling him, find men who are decisive and upfront about their intentions, very attractive. Like, why are you seeing anyone if you're not attracted to them? I feel like you're time thieving yourself. Like, why are you still talking to this person after so many years? What do you think is going to change? between whatever happened 11 years ago and then in 2015 versus in 2023. Like we're talking about such an insane amount of time that has passed 
Um, and I kind of like, agree with him. Why do we have to put a tail in? Like, he's coming to see you for dinner in Florida. That's it. It's just dinner. You're just catching up. That's it. Maybe you'll have sex if you've done that before. But that's it. That's all that's happening here. And I don't think it's necessary to put a title on it. This is a person you already know. Just go to dinner if you want to go to dinner. If you don't want to go to dinner, I am sure he will find other plans and he will not think about you. Um, so, yeah. I feel like stuff like this is so unnecessary. And it goes back to like, I've said this on other podcasts too, but you shouldn't be asking what people's intentions are before you meet them, right? Like just go out, just go out. When in doubt, go out, but just go out. And what I mean by that is like, so many people are online dating and it says like, you know, what it, they might not have filled out, like what are they looking for? Or they might have put under what are they looking for, like open or, you know, whatever. That doesn't mean anything, right? Because someone could say, I'm looking for a serious relationship. They go on a first date with you that doesn't, they don't like you. They're not going to see you again. So just because someone says they look for a serious relationship does not mean that they are, and especially with you. And similarly, someone could say they might not write anything. And you might think, well, he didn't write what his intentions are. He's not telling me. And it's like, yeah, but this person might have a great first date with you. They might want to go on a second date with you. They might want to go on a third date with you. And then they might say, um, yeah, you're my girlfriend. So like asking for people's intentions when you don't even know how you feel about them before you've met them after a, an eight year break, um, it's just like, it's just so unnecessary. Just go to dinner. That's all it is. It's just dinner. Let him put, you know, if he, maybe you'll let him put his hand on your thigh and you guys will have like a, you know, some sexual tension. But, you know, if I were a betting woman, you're not going to be dating after that dinner. Uh, because if you were going to date, you would have been dating already, but you're not. And it's been 11 years of you wasting your time with a person who's not necessarily thieving you because you aren't dating. They're just asking you to dinner. That's it. Ah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Let me ask. Let me ask our first caller, any updates? Nothing yet. Okay, he is going to message and you're gonna screenshot it and then I'm gonna share it next Tuesday on, the, on my stories when this episode comes out, okay? Okay. Thank you for joining me on this week's Ask a Matchmaker Hotline. If you wanna join me on an upcoming hotline, in the show notes, you can register for the hotline happening on July 5th with Melanie Cook. If you can recall, Melanie Cook was my guest last week where we talked about attachment theory. She's joining me on the hotline on July 5th to answer your attachment questions. So join me there. I also want to give a shout out to all of the women joining me this week at my retreat in Greece. If you don't know, I host a retreat in Greece and in Mexico. So if you want to join me in Greece next year, show notes that pre-register so that you're notified first when we post about our next retreat in Greece. In the show notes, there's also the same link to register for our Tulum retreat happening the second week in November. But we have a few spots left. If you are on the fence, think it over, sign up now and get those last two rooms. Also, if you want to join me on an upcoming Agape Intensive virtual July and September dates, I've been posted. Show notes, link right there to register. Thank you again for joining me on the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. You know how I end each week. Be lovable, but more importantly, be likable. See you next week.